Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. As a park ranger, I had seen my fair share of strange things, but nothing could have prepared me for what I was about to discover in the woods. It started with a rash of disappearances. Hikers, campers, and even some locals had gone missing without a trace. We had combed the woods for weeks, but we couldn't find any evidence of foul play. It was as if they had simply vanished into thin air. That's when the local police got involved. They brought in their own team of investigators, and we joined forces to try and solve the mystery. But as we delved deeper into the case, we started to realize that we were dealing with something far beyond our understanding. We began to hear whispers of a shape-shifting creature, one that was highly intelligent and had been stalking the woods for generations. Some of the locals claimed to have seen it, describing it as a sleek black mass that could transform into any shape it desired. At first, we dismissed these claims as mere superstition, but as the disappearances continued, we knew that we had to take them seriously. We armed ourselves with trank guns and set out into the woods, determined to catch the creature and put an end to the disappearances once and for all. 
It didn't take long for us to find it. We were deep in the woods when we saw it, a sleek black mass that slithered through the trees like a snake. It was fast too fast for us to catch, and it seemed to know every inch of the forest. We pursued it for hours, but it always managed to stay one step ahead of us. We were exhausted and running out of options when we received a call from government officials. They told us to stand down, that the creature was classified, and that they would take care of it. We were stunned. We had never heard of anything like this before, and we had no idea who these officials were, or what their intentions were. But we had no choice but to obey. We retreated back to the ranger station, frustrated and defeated. We tried to get answers, but no one would tell us anything. It was as if the whole thing had never happened. In the months that followed, the disappearances stopped. We never heard anything about the shape-shifting creature again. But I couldn't shake the feeling that we had been kept in the dark, that there was something bigger going on behind the scenes. To this day, I still think about that creature and what it could have been. Was it an alien? A government experiment gone wrong? Or something else entirely? I may never know the truth, but one thing is for certain. The woods are not as safe as we once thought, and there are things out there that we may never be able to explain or understand. Weirdest and creepiest thing I had happened was when I was a kid. I was about six or seven at the time, and my brother was about fourteen or fifteen. Now the crazy thing is he saw this too. Our family was living in a trailer house with an added room built for my brother and me. Before I had my own room or bed, we would sleep together in the same bed. My father was working from about 10 p.m. to 7 a.m., and my mother was gone to a barrel race for the next day or two. We were laying down for bed at about 1 a.m. or so. We lived in the country, with the closest neighbor being about three miles away. Now, there was always stories about weird stuff happening in that area. It didn't help that we lived half a mile away from a cemetery, but that is besides the point. Now, behind the trailer, addition room about 20 yards out is where one of those old-school giant propane tanks sat. The porch light would only go so far and would get cut off from the added room and became pitch black where the propane tank is. You could only see, barely, by moonlight and... With the tree coverage, not much could be seen. So we were laying there and started hearing what sounded like someone lightly hitting the propane tank. Just a dong, dong, dong sound. Anyone has hit a tank knows what sound I'm talking about. Anyways, we thought, what is that? So we got up to look at the window behind a big-ass entertainment shelf for the TV and Nintendo. We looked through the blinds and peeked out at where the propane tank sat. And what we saw freaked us the F out. All you could see is a silhouette of what looked like a little guy sitting on top of it, kicking his feet back and forth with his heels hitting the tank. Well, my brother pushed the entertainment shelf into the window blinds and made a noise, and it turned its head right at us looking at the window. We freaked the F out. We both took off running to our parents' bedroom, thinking we would be safe in there. We sat in there for about ten minutes. Nothing happened. Went back to our room. Looked at the window again, and it was gone. Then we heard the dogs barking out in the pasture. We went and looked out the other window that faced the pasture. 
and we saw about five of our big outside dogs hauling ass, chasing something that was outrunning the shit out of them. No idea what the hell we saw that night, told our parents. To this day, we have no idea what the hell it was. Still talk about it from time to time. Was the weirdest thing ever. Considering we both saw it, I can rule out kid imaginations running wild. A few nights later, we saw the dogs chasing after something again and the pastor hauling ass and outrunning them. Was the weirdest shit and still freaks me out. Okay, a bit of background. I live in Galloway of New Jersey. I know about the Jersey Devil, Pine Barrens, and that sort of stuff. I'm also not really a believer, but I'm not against the stuff. I'm sure it's possible for monsters and ghosts to exist, but without having much experience, I don't know. Anyway, last night I was home alone. I'm 16 year old and my parents work pretty late and don't get home until 3-4 a.m. I'm used to it now, no siblings, just a dog and five cats, so I get the house to myself. I'm laying on the couch watching TV and I notice something out of the corner of my eye. Another pair of eyes looking at me. At first I just assumed it was an animal or something. We get possums a lot at night, so I didn't think much about it. Five minutes go by and I hear this weird clawing at the door. My living room is fairly large, TV is in front of me. Then a couple feet away is the dining room table and a sliding glass door that leads to my back porch and yard. The thing was on the porch. I got up to investigate, first by flicking a switch on, and immediately it scrambled off the porch. It seemed to be scared of light, so I turned it off and grabbed a flashlight. It wasn't there, so I continued to assume an animal and went back to the couch. An hour goes by, and I hear this loud shriek coming from the yard. This time, getting scared, I jumped up and ran with the flashlight. I dimmed it down by taking my index finger and middle finger and kind of coiled it along the light, still making it visible, but not as bright. I shone it around the yard and the thing was still there, but this time it was eating something. It looked to be small, like a rabbit or a young deer. Where I live, there's a ton of coyotes, so maybe one had strayed. But again, that shriek was awful and not something I've ever heard come from a coyote's mouth. This thing was human, or close to it anyway. The skin was black and kind of wrinkled. It had long limbs and seemed to be in a crouch position most of the time, but it was extremely fast. I got scared and shone the light at it directly and it again screamed and dashed off into the woods. I stayed up until my parents came home. I didn't tell them yet just in case if it was something silly. I went to bed, and for the rest of the night, nothing about it came up. So Reddit, got any idea of what this thing is? Any help or advice is greatly appreciated. I'm an animal lover, so I don't want my cats or my dog outside one day, and then getting devoured by God knows what's out there. A note, I did the flare skinwalkers because that's what it most reminded me of. I used to work security and several years ago I was assigned to a remote construction site where a summer camp was being built. It was quite literally in the middle of the woods, roughly four or five miles into the forest, with only a single access road they'd been using to haul equipment and supplies and such. 
My job was to provide overnight security doing a foot patrol of the entire area. The patrol covered two miles in all, roughly once every hour and then going back to my post, a tiny wooden shack, not much bigger than a phone booth, to fill up my logs. Other than the occasional black bears and coyotes, it was a very boring assignment, with one exception. I was doing a routine patrol one night near the end of my shift, around 3 a.m. or so. I just passed the gate where the access road enters the site when I heard an extremely loud, piercing scream that seemed to have come from some distance down the road. It sounded like a woman screaming in absolute terror, so I immediately took off sprinting as fast as I could in that direction. I didn't hear anything else after the initial scream, but about a quarter of a mile or so down the road, guesstimating. I came upon a car parked just off the side of the road. There was no car in sight when I'd come through on my way to my shift, so it had to have been parked there fairly recently. Not running, no lights on, no doors open or anything. I called out to see if anyone was there, but no answer. I looked around the general area, but didn't see anything. Needless to say, I was pretty god-de-sketched out at this point. I ran back to my post and reported what I'd heard seen to the police, since there wasn't really anything else I could do. Unfortunately, or, or fortunately, I guess, nothing ever really came of it. I never found out whose scream I heard or what caused it. The car was apparently owned by a guy who lived in the area, but I never heard why it was there. My supervisor suggested that maybe I'd heard a mountain lion or other animal screaming, but I've heard those sounds before, and although they're definitely freaky, there's no mistaking an honest, tugness human scream. I'm a Native American, member of the Ojibwe tribe. I grew up on the reservation, surrounded by the dense forests of the Northwoods. But the woods were never as terrifying as the night I had an encounter with an unknown predator. It was a chilly autumn evening, and I was walking home after a long day of fishing. I had just reached the edge of the woods when I heard a strange sound behind me. I turned around to see a creature like nothing I had ever seen before. It was tall and thin, with glowing eyes and a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. Its fur was matted and covered in dirt, and its breath smelled of death. I tried to run, but the creature was too fast. It chased me through the woods, its footsteps pounding the ground like thunder. I could feel its hot breath on the back of my neck, and I knew that I was about to be torn apart. Somehow, I managed to stumble back to my camp. My tribe could see the fear in my eyes, and they knew that something was wrong. I told them about the creature I had seen, and they listened intently. It was then that I learned the truth. This was not the first time our tribe had encountered the predator. Over the years, there had been many sightings of the creature in the woods. Some claimed it was a wendigo, while others thought it was something even more sinister. Our tribe had always tried to find the predator, but it always seemed to elude us. As I recovered from my encounter, I began to research the predator. I discovered that it was not a natural creature. It was the result of a government experiment gone wrong. The predator had been created in a lab using a combination of science. Now I am on a mission to find the predator and put an end to its reign of terror. I am not alone in my quest. My tribe has joined forces with other native communities to take down the predator once and for all.
We know that this will not be an easy task, but we are determined to protect our people from the unknown predator that lurks in the deep woods. As we traveled deeper into the forest, I could feel the weight of the unknown pressing down on me. Our weapons felt inadequate against this creature, whatever it may be. Suddenly we heard a sound that could only be described as inhuman, and we knew it was close. We readied our weapons and waited, but the predator never appeared. We searched for hours, but found nothing. It was like the creature had vanished into thin air. As we returned to our camp, I couldn't shake the feeling that there was more to this than just a simple predator. There was something strange in the air, a feeling of unease and fear that seemed to emanate from the very forest itself. It wasn't until we returned to our tribe and shared our story that we learned the truth. The government had been conducting experiments in the forest, trying to harness the power of the supernatural for their own gain. They had unleashed a force they couldn't control, and now it roamed free in the forest. It was a being of magic and darkness, a creature that was beyond our understanding. We knew that we had to act fast if we were to stop it before it destroyed everything we held dear. The next day we set out once more, this time armed with knowledge and determination. We knew that we were up against something far greater than ourselves, but we also knew that we could not back down. We traveled deeper into the heart of the forest, guided by the men of our ancestors, and finally we found it. The creature stood before us, a being of pure darkness, a force of nature that defied all explanation. We fought with all our might, our weapons clashing against its inhuman form, but it was like fighting a shadow. It moved too fast, too fluidly, and we couldn't keep up. It was only through the power of our magic that we were finally able to drive it back, to send it back to whatever dark realm it had come from. We returned to our tribe, battered and bruised but victorious, knowing that we had protected our land and our people from a force that was beyond our comprehension. And even as we celebrated, I knew that the forest would never be the same again that the echoes of the unknown predator would haunt us for years to come. I had a rather odd encounter with some humanoid creature or even spirit, possibly, just a few nights ago, and I haven't been able to come up with a rational answer to just what I had seen. I suppose I will start with the story now. It happened just a few nights ago when I was biking home from work. I worked the closing shifts for my local Walgreens, so I get off work around 10.30. I live only 30 minutes away by bike from my job, but most of the way home is by a heavily forested trail, which doesn't have very many streetlights, so it's always pitch black when I'm going home. Well, about five minutes-ish into the bike ride going home. I hit the beginning of where the streetlights ended and darkness began, and like I always do, I pull out my phone and turn on the flashlight option so I can illuminate my way home. Well, only a few seconds after I turned it on, I tilted it up more and froze because I saw this tall, skinny, pale-looking figure for a brief second before it fell onto all fours, and like the wind was gone into the woods. Shortly after I started to pedal as fast as I could cause, I had no clue what it was that I had seen, when I heard a low screech and whatever it was keeping pace with me, hidden in the woods out of sight. 
I managed to get out of that area very quickly and didn't see or hear anything after I left that heavily wooded area, but a while later on I caught scent of what literally smelled like fresh blueberry pancakes or waffles, like as if someone was standing out in the field with a hot plate of just-of-the-pan blueberry waffles or pancakes, which didn't make sense to me as there are no buildings in the area where that scent was. So I figured perhaps whatever it was I had seen was possibly using scents to try to draw into the fields or woods. Now I do know a few areas around that trail are supposedly haunted. There's a dinner theater that's not too far from it, and a supposed haunted water tower in the area as well, and a couple other places. But I still, no matter what I think of, I can't rationalize it or debunk it as something else. Couldn't be a deer because I've talked to people around the area noon seen a deer ever in the area. And besides, it was standing on two feet when I saw it like it was a humanoid. Couldn't have been another wildlife cause the only wildlife I've spotted are squirrels and birds. But I figured I would share my experience and see if anyone has had something similar or may know a possible rationalized explanation for what I could have seen. My friend was a wilderness ranger in Yosemite and hiking solo for a few days. She slept outside in a sleeping bag and woke up randomly in the middle of the night, sensing something, sat up in her sleeping bag to see a mountain lion staring at her from a few dozen yards away. She yelled at it and it seemed to retreat. The next morning she discovered its paw prints in circles around her. Apparently it was doing some serious pondering on her tastiness. I went camping with my girlfriend, wife now, off the Appalachian Trail in the North Georgia mountains. We camped about 100 yards off a fire road which we drove up in my truck. I had firewood in the bed of my truck I chose not to haul to the campsite. I noticed just before dark the quantity of firewood seemed lower than I remembered. I thought nothing of it at the time as we were a 45 minute drive from anywhere and was fairly certain there were no other hikers or campers close by. Nearing midnight I decided to get a couple more pieces of wood. My wife was not comfortable being alone in the woods so she walked to the truck with me. There was no moon on that night so I grabbed my flashlight. I also grabbed my gun. My wife asked me more than once if a gun was really necessary. When we got to my truck, we heard rustling about 20 feet away in the fire road. I shined my light in that direction and we see a middle-aged man and two teenage boys. They were filthy with tattered clothes, certainly no hikers. There were also no homes for miles. Think the movie deliverance, the man asked. Y'all got any sticks? I replied, nope, grabbed the last couple pieces of wood and returned to our campsite. I told my wife within their earshot, that's why I brought a gun never saw nor heard them again. I decided to rent a cabin way up in northern Michigan for a week with my sister Tanya. My sister is a writer and this was also what she needed because she hadn't written in two weeks. So off we went. It was late May and still quite chilly, but we didn't care about the weather because we weren't there for sunbathing on the beach. The cottage was rustic, but recently redone, 
and it was located on a small pond, but was surrounded by thick woods. Our cottage was the last one down, a long dirt road. The cottage owner had put in several really nice long trails, because if not, then nobody was enjoying the woods. The first day, we were unloading our luggage from the car, and a young guy and his mom walked up the driveway. They introduced themselves and said they owned the house a little way down the road, and they went for walks a few times a week for exercise past the cottage. The mother Linda mentioned that her husband had passed away a few years earlier, and of course I told her that I'd lost my husband, Josh, a few months earlier as well. Linda looked so sad for me, but her son, Brendan, had a smirk on his face, which really creeped me out. Linda seemed to notice this as well, and said, Okay, let's leave these ladies to unpack, and then said their goodbyes. I was unnerved by the way Brendan looked at me, and I noticed he kept looking back at me as they walked away. On the first day, we just hung around the cabin. The next day, I went for a walk alone so Tanya could get some writing done. I chose the path the owner said was the easiest. I'd been walking for ten minutes when I heard the sound of a small animal moving through the underbrush, maybe something the size of a rabbit. So I stopped to listen, and when I stopped, the rustling stopped. I happened to glance back, and I saw the shape of a human standing behind the thicket. I thought it was Brandon, so I turned and kept walking. I was almost halfway, and... I'd see a tree about 30 feet in front of me, but completely surrounded by the same thicket. I saw what again I perceived to be a naked Brandon. I couldn't see clearly because he was shrouded in darkness, but I saw him perched on the bottom limb of a tree, just crouched there, staring at me. I could see one hand holding the limb he was crouched on, and his other arm was wrapped around the tree trunk. But now that I look back and I know what I was looking at, I can't believe I thought it was Brandon. A day or two later, I was finally able to pull Tanya away from her laptop, and we were on the porch to watch the sunset. We distinctly heard a wolf howl from at least the other side of the pond. We agreed it was really close, but we weren't too worried. We were more worried about the mother bears, as we were told by Linda and the cabin owner, that we needed to keep the bear spray on us at all times because the cubs were very young and the mothers were really protective. About ten minutes later, we heard an animal screaming. Oh, my gosh. We were both saying and covering our ears. Tanya was saying, this is too close to nature for me. Then Tanya went in to use the bathroom, and when she came back, she said, what is that, and pointed to the wood line. I saw the shrub shaking then. An animal came out of the woods with a baby deer hanging from its mouth. The baby wasn't just a newborn. We looked at pictures showing various ages and it was probably two weeks old, approximately. We are not country girls, so please don't get on me for being wrong. Anyway, Tanya said, no, I don't want to see this, and she went inside. I sat looking at this animal. I was fairly certain the phone was already dead, or I would have done something at least I'd like to think I would have. What? I don't know. But regardless, I was trying to figure out what this animal was. It was walking into the open from the woods. It dropped the phone from its mouth, then it started sniffing it. I was fairly certain that this was a very large wolf with a case of the mange because its hair was thick around the neck like a lion's mane, and it was thin to barren spots. Its rear end was bald, and I didn't even see a tail. I noticed it looked almost deformed because the back end sat way lower than the front. 
The animal seemed almost mesmerized by the fawn. It stared and sniffed at it. Then it pushed it forward or over by using its nose. Then it picked it up by the mouth and started shaking its sides aside viciously. Then it started biting into the midsection, and when it lifted its head to chew, you could clearly see intestines hanging out of its mouth. Now I believe I let out a sound at that point because it looked at me surprised and then ran about ten feet to the large tree. It turned around and literally stood on its back legs. Oh my gosh, I realized this was the thing I saw up in the tree. I could clearly see the eyes were rusty colored and they were illuminated. They were glowing from the inside. It was starting to turn dusk. It just continued to stand there behind that tree. It seemed to be apprehensive a little, but it was staring at me and then it would look towards the phone. At one point, I thought I saw it lift its lip and the whole muzzle started to vibrate like it was trying not to bare its teeth. Finally, it got down on all four feet and started walking slowly to the fawn. When it was almost there, it swung its head in my direction and let out a low, menacing growl. At the same time, it bared its teeth. This animal was at least 400 pounds. It could be even bigger, but I'm afraid that the naysayers will call me a liar. This animal was at least three to four times as big as my German Shepherd. All the way around its head was huge. But what really terrified me was when it sneered at me and went down for the fawn. Its teeth were at least three inches long, sharp and jagged. When it got to the fawn, it picked it up in its mouth and took off at a fast slope. We didn't leave for walks after that. We barely left the cabin. When we did leave the last day, we drove over to that tree, and I got out and stood beside where it stood, and I can say without a doubt it was well over six and a half to seven and a half feet tall. We drove past Linda's house, and on second thought, I asked Tanya to turn back around. I wanted to tell them what we saw. Linda was genuinely concerned and seemed shocked to hear what we saw. She appreciated that we thought enough to stop. When we got home, we called the landlord, and he said straight away that we were warned to carry bear spray, so I just left it at that. I figured he thought we wanted our money back, and that wasn't the case. So, that's our story. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a Bigfoot. I work at sea on a bulk carrier. One time I was on watch at night with one other guy on the lookout for me. He was looking forward out the windows and I was just making coffee, wandering from equipment to equipment to monitor the situation. We were in the open ocean and there was nothing shown on our AIS and nothing on the radar. So I was happy to be a bit chilled about it all. Then I came back to the radar screens and a target was showing on our longer range, S-band. Radar, so I selected it and got the system to track its course and speed, etc. I kept an eye on it from then and asked the lookout to keep an eye out for another vessel on our starboard bow, where it should be coming into visual range in a few minutes. The target then showed up on the X-band radar, so I acquired it on that. I went back to the long-range radar and had a look at the tracking details, and the system was telling me that the other vessel was on a collision course for about 40 minutes' time. I had the target, which I assumed was a vessel, on my starboard bow, so that made me the giveaway vessel in a crossing situation, so I knew what I had to do when it came to it and wanted to take early action.
but I was still weary that neither myself or the lookout had even spotted it yet. I had another look at the AI's auto-add system to see if there was anything out there and it showed nothing. It's not uncommon for uh, AS to be crappy. Thought nothing of it. I altered my course to starboard to pass astern of the target at the sort of normal distance and got the closest point of approach up to the recommended two miles. Still couldn't see anything. But at this point I was happy that I wasn't going to hit it whatever it was so we just carried on. After we passed the vessel and the range had increased up to about four miles, it vanished off to about four miles. Just like that. Gone. I don't think there was ever a ship, and I explained the situation to the old man the next day, and he was saying it could have been a cloud, but I've never seen that happen with a cloud before, especially since it was showing a perfect constant hitting and a nice 12.5 knot speed the entire time. The lookout was just saying it was a sign from God, but okay then, freaked me right out.